Hello, welcome to the second episode of the CityWire Selector MedTech Under the Microscope podcast. MedTech or medical technology has emerged as a fascinating theme with COVID-19 pushing health concerns higher up people's agendas, but also onto the investment radar of many asset managers in this space. But what areas does it cover and how can people focus their attentions properly? I'm Federica Tedeschi, a reporter, a CityWire selector, and joining me today is Paul Lodon, investment manager at Walter Scott & Partners. Lodon is one of the managers overseeing the BNY Mellon Long-Term Global Equity Fund, which is available to European investors. Thank you, Paul, for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. So everyone seems to be talking about investing in the med tech sector, but what initially led Walter Scott to start investing in this sector? Firstly, we're looking for excellent growth prospects. And this is obviously crucial in supporting that kind of long-term compounding effect. Ideally, we're looking for companies that have large addressable markets, maybe a unique kind of product or, or service that will enable them to, to capture that opportunity. Clearly, it helps if these companies are benefiting from industry tailwinds or if they operate in what we call growth vectors. So first things first, we're looking for growth companies. Secondly, we're looking for companies with strong margins and high returns on capital. So, in other words, companies that really don't have to invest heavily just to maintain or grow their business. And then thirdly, we're looking for companies that can maintain or, or even enhance their competitive position over time. Obviously, there are some very attractive tailwinds in the medtech space, so the obvious ones being um, aging demographics or increasingly emerging market penetration. Quite often we find very novel technologies that can address huge unmet needs. So what this means is that there's a very long runway of growth available in the space. On top of that, we find companies in the space often have excellent return structures. So you know, really nice capital light business models. If a medtech company, for instance, through high levels of innovation and research and development, if they develop a groundbreaking solution to a serious condition, that can give them really strong pricing power and ultimately really impressive margins. As a long-term high-conviction investor, you focus on finding medical technology products and companies with a long runaway for growth. But how do you come up with medtech solutions that benefit all three key stakeholders, the patient, the health system, and last but not least, the investor? Yeah, so that's a, a great question. And I think really gets to the heart of the debate about what identifies a truly great medtech business. You know, it's all well and good developing a, a wonderful technology that helps patients. But if it's so costly or hard to administer that it adds great burden to a healthcare system, there's not a great future for that product. Similarly, if you have a, a solution that hospitals love because it might maximize their revenue, if patients don't really get the best outcome, again, not a great long-term opportunity either. Or ultimately, if it's very, very costly to produce, yes, it can be great for patients, great for hospitals and healthcare systems, but if it's very thin margin, then shareholders lose out. So. Really, we find that the very best medical technologies will be so clearly superior to the alternatives that the patient has a great outcome, hospitals are financially incentivized to provide it, and it can generate healthy returns for the company. Going to further detail, how would you describe the top medtech holdings within your funds and also what is your fund's exposure to medtech? 
So as of today, um, around 10% of the fund is invested in a range of different medtech companies. Um, our two biggest medtech holdings are Edwards Life Sciences and Intuitive Surgical. And I think they're good examples. Both of them really encapsulate what we like about great medtech businesses. Edwards is a, a world leader in treating a condition called aortic stenosis or AS. Um, and this is a very serious heart condition where your aortic valve, which is the last valve that oxygenated blood passes through before going around the body, that valve calcifies in old age. Actually, in fact, AS has prognosis that is worse than many forms of cancer, just to put it in perspective, so a very grave condition. Up until Edwards came along, the only treatment available was to perform brutal open heart surgery. So a surgeon would cut your chest open and manually stitch in a replacement valve. Now, if you bear in mind that most AS patients are really quite elderly, it's a condition that develops with age, the last thing that a frail 90-year-old wants is to undergo disruptive open heart surgery. Edwards was not satisfied with this. They were determined to solve this. So after many years of painstaking research, they ultimately developed an extraordinary alternative called transcatheter aortic valve replacement, or TAVR. And what this involves is, rather than performing open heart surgery, they developed a way to replace the valve in a much more minimally invasive way. You know, the, the valves are more expensive than, than the previous uh, manual solution. However, hospitals could free up a bed in a day rather than having that occupied for, for two weeks. What other example of robotic surgery device can you share with us? I mean, intuitive surgical is another kind of great example of many of the same characteristics. So um, if you'll allow me just to develop the investment case, it's, it's a world leader in robotic surgery. Like Edwards, it's a pioneer in the field. Um, so the minimally invasive robotic surgery systems that it's developed enable surgeons to perform thousands of procedures every year. So a surgeon will sit at a dashboard and actually control the robotic system that is carrying out the procedure, but with incredible levels of precision. Um, so what these systems ultimately help is that they enable these procedures to be far safer, more effective, reduce risk of infection, um, hospital readmission and so on. So again, vast improved clinical outcomes. Now, like an Edwards valve, but even more so, these intuitive uh, robotic systems are very expensive pieces of kit. They can cost hospitals over a million dollars per system. So it's a big investment, but because of the massively superior outcomes, um, they are a great investment. In terms of the long-term opportunity, despite the impressive growth we've already seen and the obvious benefits, only a tiny fraction of the 300 million or so worldwide procedures or surgeries carried out every year actually use robotic assistance. Now, not every procedure would benefit from um, the types of kind of intuitive system, but many, many millions would. You do have expertise in picking medtech stocks that have consistently outperformed uh, against your uh, various market cycles. But how do you keep up uh, these high standards? So I think ultimately it boils down to our, our research process and we are um, kind of fundamental bottom-up research-driven stock pickers and we've got a team of very motivated individuals that follow the space very closely, they spend a great deal of time um, learning about new technologies, learning about new themes, um, attending relevant conferences, consulting with industry experts etc. So 
it's about making sure that we're really up to up to speed with all of the the latest developments and ensuring that our existing holdings are still at the very forefront um, of what they do. So we obviously have um, the exciting holdings that we currently invest in, but the medtech space is, is such a dynamic space. Uh, there's so much great innovation and potentially new opportunities to, to tap into. So um, as I said, we, we are thoroughly appraising all of these potential areas. Um, so yeah, it's a very exciting time to be looking at the space if you think about opportunities in areas such as gene sequencing, um, personalized medicine, remote patient care, diagnostics, lab automation, dental care. There, there are just so many potential areas of um, excitement and companies are pushing the boundaries in all of these different areas. So we're focusing very, very hard on identifying the kind of pioneers in each of them that will drive innovation in their fields and ultimately deliver excellent long-term returns on the back of it. And looking ahead, what investment teams and opportunities are you seeing within the medtech sector? So I think some of those areas which I called out a second ago are, are definitely capturing a lot of our attention. Um, I think gene sequencing is a very, very obvious one. So um, it's rare that you come across a, a genuine kind of paradigm shift in an industry like healthcare. And I think gene sequencing could certainly bring in some extraordinary revolutions in the way that patients are treated and the types of technologies um, that will emerge. So um, that's certainly an area we're focusing on very closely and we're, we're really kind of going as deep as we can in that space. Um, and I think diagnostics is, is a broad category and, and it was um, certainly in, in the last couple of years with the pandemic, the importance of diagnostics has really um, come to light. So um, lots of very high quality companies in that space that, that we think will um, do very well on, on increased demand um, for diagnostics over the, the medium and long term. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much, it's been a pleasure.